Recovery is stupendous. Achievable. Hope. Freedom. 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 Empowering. It's unique to everyone. It's a journey, not a destination. Getting a new lease on life. Finding restoration after you fall down. Recovery is having the freedom to enjoy life. For me, it was finding a way to really love myself. My recovery is possible in part because of my own sense of purpose. Welcome to Montana's Peer Network Recovery Talks podcast. I'm Jim Haney, Executive Director, and I want to thank you for tuning in to another episode. Today we're going to be, uh, I have two guests that are here today, and we're going to be talking about why me? Uh, as a person in recovery, you're saying, why me? Why should I be involved in the recovery movement? Why, why is that important? What do I have to give? What's the value in it? Um, we're going to be exploring those topics, two guests, and uh, let's have you introduce yourselves. Well, thanks for inviting me here this morning, Jim. I'm happy to be here. My name is Jennifer Driscoll. I am a certified peer support specialist out of Missoula, Montana. I've had my certification since July of 2019. And Excellent. Here. Thanks for being here. Morning. Thanks for having me, Jim. This is Todd Decker. I'm the uh, certified peer support specialist out of Helena. And I love doing these podcasts because they're always so on topic and helpful. So thanks for having me. Excellent. I'm glad you could take the time. And for the listener, Todd and Jennifer bring a lot to the table, a lot of great experience, a um, lot of great insight. And so really looking forward to our conversation on why me? So let's jump right in. So I remember being in early recovery and and having a, a particular person or several people that that would kind of be argumentative or, you know, sort of poke me with things that I had done wrong in my days of before recovery and I really was confused of how to handle that mm-hmm. and reached out to one of my mentors because I was out of ideas. I didn't know how to word anything that would be respectful and safe mm-hmm. and emotional. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so my mentor came up with a couple of sentences that could be used, you know, something along the order of, well, thank you for your honesty and thank you for sharing your perspective. I really appreciate that and we'll take it into consideration. And, you know, we realized that that something like that was, you know, understanding the other person's side of side of things, mm-hmm. but and validating that, but not being drawn into the argument. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I have used in all kinds of different situations, even up mm-hmm. to modern even up to now mm-hmm. in my uh in my recovery and i remember being on social media and seeing something that a sober sister replied to someone that was trying to be argumentative to her mm-hmm. and i privately commented and complimented her on her response and she messaged me back and said well actually i learned that from you uh-huh. <laughs> So I realized, you know, that the concept of 
finding a way to answer that is still respectful and not being drawn into the argument that I had asked for help for and had used mm -hmm. able to be passed on to someone else and be used. So that's mm -hmm. beautiful circles of recovery, I think. That's fantastic, Jennifer. That's a great, that's a great example. It kind of reminds me of how I got started doing this work. So back in 2008, I was, I was guiding in doing private guide trips in Yellowstone. And I had this picture framing business and I make custom picture frames. And in the guiding season, when it would end like in the fall, I would look to pick up a part-time job. And so I would start looking late summer, kind of looking in the paper, seeing what's what was available. And I had, I think I had like 14 years in recovery and I wasn't, I wasn't doing any peer support. I wasn't, you know, nothing. And, and I picked up the paper and I saw this ad and it said something like, you know, mental health center now hiring a peer supporter for new drop-in center program or something co-occurring diagnosis required, something like that. And I, I applied, but I still had more work. I still had, the season wasn't quite over. And I remember I dropped off my resume and I went and did the, did the, these trips and I came back and my wife said, Hey, you have a message for, you know, an interview with the mental health center. And I hadn't been in a mental health center for a number of years. I mean, I had gone to one as a client, you know, but then hadn't been in one. And so I found myself interviewing for this job in a mental health center. And it was a really strange experience because I wasn't there as a client or right. Anyway, I, I end up, they offer me, at first I don't get offered the job. And then they call me back like a few weeks later and they go, hey, you know, <clears throat> the person didn't accept the job, blah, 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 you know. So they offer me, I actually first came in in a part-time position and there was no program director. There was no program. They just had gotten a bunch of money. And it, and then when I look back, I mean, I chuckled today because I had no idea what was in store for me over the next, you know, what is it now, 12, almost 12 years. I had no idea that it was going to lead me you know down this path of not doing guiding not doing picture framing two things i really had loved doing i had no intention of leaving those things but my recovery led me in this direction and very quickly they were like hey instead of working part-time would you consider being the director and so i became the director there and i did that for wow. three years before starting montana's peer network and then, of course, all the work, you know, with the legislature and all this stuff, training. And, and so there's all of that, but there's also the growth in my own personal recovery that really was super impactful. And I was not really prepared for that. You know, nobody said like, hey, you're going to really grow in your own recovery if you go take this job running a program. And so it's really you know, I, I will often sort of reflect back. I'll, I'll run into somebody who used to go to the drop-in center or something and start talking. And then I sort of reflect back and I think, wow, what if I hadn't applied for that job? What if I hadn't 
you know, went for that and just kept kind of doing what I was doing? Or what if I just stayed part time? You know, like what would what would what would my life be like? And I I've grown personally so much and been given so many wonderful opportunities to impact the system and people's lives and train peer supporters. How cool is that to be trained as a peer supporter? Yeah, I know that's what I was thinking of when you were sharing. I was thinking of like myself in the beginning and how different how different it was. Not not at all what I expected. <laughs> right. Was not, was not prepared, you know. Yeah. What about for you, Todd? What um what are your thoughts on uh kind of what Jennifer's sharing there or the value? Yeah, I think the well the value for me I've found is actually being able to help people with my own personal experience, you know, looking back, especially when I started recovery, I was pretty tentative about it, you know, I wasn't sure what I was getting into. I know I needed it and was able to find, you know, the Montana Peer Network and some good mentoring and then uh, some good mentoring in the community itself. And the more I got involved and I actually started working in mental health, the thing that became most evident to me was that the more I shared my story, the easier it got. But um, I started to see the impact that it made with other people who were still scared to share their story, still mm -hmm. unsure of what the reaction would be and why mm -hmm. it was important to share that. And I think the one, you know, the one memory that sticks out for me was um, I had a client one time that would come to groups and was uh, very quiet and, you know, very depressed and um, dealing with a lot of stuff. And over the next couple of weeks, they were able to work through that. On the way out the door, she actually stopped me and said, you know, I want to thank you for sharing your story and being so open and honest about mm -hmm. your challenges in life in mm -hmm. general, because mm -hmm. she said, now I know that I can go back and do my job and it's mm -hmm. not the end of my world and I can still raise my kids and have mm -hmm. a life. And uh, for me, that yeah. was the biggest um, compliment, you know, that I could think of because it really it does make a, an impact on other people when you share the challenges that you've been through and mm -hmm. and that are still facing you know because because recovery is not really ever ending you know it's something that you right. work on every day so right right to be able to share that has actually been more of a gift for me than maybe mm -hmm. other people but yeah yeah and and sometimes we don't know what the impact is right like I remember um, very early on, gosh, this would be like, it was early on at MPN, uh, 2011, maybe 2012, somewhere in there. And uh, <clears throat> I had taken the, uh, have either one of you taken the NAMI in your own voice, in our own voice uh, class? Yeah. Ever, yeah, yeah, you took it. Jennifer, have you ever taken that? No, that sounds like a good one. Yeah, it, anyway, it teaches you kind of, it's like a format for telling your story. Like ours is called Recovery Talk, theirs is called Inner Own Voice. Anyway, once you do that, then 
they kind of help you set up opportunities to go tell your story. And I had done a handful of them and, and I had been working at the drop-in center. So I was kind of comfortable with telling my story, but I did one with another uh, peer in Bozeman at the library. I got an opportunity. So this was a public thing and big group of people show up and, you know, her and I had this thing where we sort of went back and forth telling our story and we go through and then we took questions at the end. And there was this one guy who was asking questions and he had a family member who had a diagnosis who wasn't in recovery, who was unwell. And afterwards he stayed and he talked to me some more and got my number. And like a week later, the guy calls me up and he goes, he goes, you don't really know who I am, do you? And I'm like, um, yeah, you're the guy at the library, right? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's like, he's like, I got this radio show in Bozeman. He's like, I want to know if you want to come on next Saturday and you can come on for like two hours and you can talk about mental health recovery. And so here I was like two weeks later, I'm on the radio. I think he had like a 40,000 person listenership. And so, boom, here wow. you are on the radio you know, and we're having this conversation just like we're doing here. And so that was really weird to be in a studio and we took calls, people called in and, um, wow. but it was priceless because it reached out to so many people and it was free. I mean, he was just offering it up just like, Hey, come on, on this show and, um, and, and talk about this really important topic. And, you know, that, that, opened up other doors then for me and I went on the gosh what's it called the ag network I ended up going on the ag network which goes to like North Dakota South Dakota oh, no Montana, Wyoming. oh god that was even bigger we had to go to Billings at like six o'clock in the morning and we were on for like I forgot that one was even longer I forget it was like three hours or four hours it was long and oh. that led to that and like and I think about, it's like, it all had to do with me having the courage to go to the class, right? And then NAMI kind of helps you open up some doors to do presentations. And then of course you have to say yes, and then you have to show up. And all of a sudden, you know, I think, wow, that one class led to me sharing my experience, my recovery experience with like 100,000 people within just you know a short period of time i mean within six months you know all these radio sort of opportunities came came my way and so i think you know there's a ton of value and often i i remind myself that i don't know where this good thing that i'm doing today i don't know where it's going to lead I don't know what doors it's going to open. And if I don't do it, I'll never know. You know, if I don't risk, if I don't risk, I don't know. Just like doing this podcast with the two of you, you just don't know. I mean, we have no idea who who's going to chime in, right? Somebody could send me an email and say, oh, I heard Jennifer and Todd on. You guys were talking about, you know, getting involved and you know, the impact down the road yeah we always try to i always compare it to the uh, ripple effect right because my story affects the people closest to me that know you know and understand 
but what we're sending out into the world and that positivity may be enough to actually change somebody else's life for the positive, which mm -hmm. then impacts everybody in their life, you know? Yeah. And so yeah. you have no idea how far your story will go. I had <clears throat> this week, we sold a Healthy Minds, Healthy Bodies workbook to a person in Australia. Wow. wow. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, it, it's, it's, I mean, just what you're saying, Todd, it's, it's, um, you're right on point. I mean, it, we don't know. I mean, I was shocked when the order came in. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, like, uh, we kind of forget when you put stuff out on the internet, whether it's a podcast or our story on YouTube or, you know, a workbook on a website. I mean, it's the entire world can tune in. Yesterday, Jennifer, when you were on the webinar, one of the people on there sent me an email afterwards and said, hey, thanks, and yada, yada, yada. And they're a peer, they were a peer supporter down in uh, uh, Miami, Florida. Oh, wow. And it Those things definitely happen. I remember being in D.C. for our SAMHSA. We have to go for SAMHSA as a grantee to these meetings. And it was the last day, and we we're on the shuttle going back to the hotel. And one of the guys said uh hey what time are you flying back to montana and i said oh i said i'm gonna stay another day uh, i wanted to do some sightseeing you know here in washington dc it's like oh i want to go see some stuff and he goes oh that's cool he goes are you gonna do a five good minutes and that was this video series that i did back in 2017 where i did five minutes and posted it up um weekly and he was from another state and he and I was like wow you watch that because it only had to do with Montana you know we were trying to pass uh the get the get the bill passed for certification and you know and he was like oh yeah yeah we all watch it in the office <laughs> oh thinking, my gosh I'm like yeah I'm like what? I mean it has no relevance really to another state there was no relevance it was only you know about what what we were doing advocacy and it was just five minutes totally off the cuff and just sort of a quick update and i'd post them up really fast and each week it was just a way that we had tried that for for like about a year i guess and yeah and it turned out other people were watching it that is an mm -hmm. awesome story and and that actually yeah. kind of leads to a point that that i was going to bring up is is kind of the networking side of it and mm -hmm. just that you might have thought that it had no relevance to anybody else in another state but just learning the um details of how you are advocating and how you are um you know approaching the legislator might actually help someone else who's trying to do the same thing in their state that might not have any idea of how to approach it you know yes you would have to you know, maneuver the details to match your particular situation, but the concepts would probably still be very usable. Absolutely. Yeah. No, Jennifer, great, great point. I have a consulting job right now with another state, and they're going through the process that we were doing back then in 2017. And that's the stuff that I'm sharing with them is this is how we gained the momentum. These are the things we did before the legislative session not the during the session right these are all the things you do before to sort of build up towards it 
so you have consensus and you have a, a unified voice and yeah no that's a great that's a great point and i think it, it just in recovery those things happen because if you're if you're positive and you're compassionate and you're uh this is a word i learned doing this work is selfless right which is like the opposite of selfish which is how we are i think how we are how i was when i'm not well i'm more selfish i'm more what's in it for me but i think when you become a peer supporter you become more selfless you're willing to give more of yourself without necessarily knowing oh this is what i'm getting in return because there's so much more down the road that is going to come back to you if you're doing the good work that peer support is or even just getting up and telling your story and how impactful that can be to, to people so definitely yeah so so todd you you had wanted to sort of preface this with the why me like that sort of question like we're asking people in recovery we're asking members to step up to be advocates to share their story to become peer leaders to get involved with local advisory councils or community uh, activities around recovery and so i know you had used that phrase why why me what are your what are your thoughts about that found on that well i think definitely you know there's a i've heard that before when we talk to people about getting involved and the thing that always comes back to me is that um aside from the networking part because everybody knows somebody else right um that can help is that not everyone is going to be able to relate to one person and mm -hmm. so it's important for everybody to be able to share their stories because you know um as much as i'm happy to talk about my story there are people who are not going to relate to that um but they may relate to someone else who has a story that's closer to their you know what they're going through what they're dealing with and that would help them to move on in their recovery mm -hmm. and so you know as far as why me there's you know that's that's a huge piece is because first of all i think if you're involved it does help with your own recovery in a lot of ways um and then uh you're providing some hope for someone else you know and you get to actually see that a lot of the times because you know as you're talking sometimes you see that aha moment that they finally something clicks and they they start to understand that you know it really isn't the end of their life and that there's there's life after this and it can be better because you know you're taking charge of your recovery instead of letting your life run you kind of and i know for me that was that was a big step you know because i always you know everything was always helter skelter kind of and then finally when i got a grip on things and started to take care of myself get a better understanding of recovery and what i needed who could help and i was able to start running my life and that makes a huge difference you know and so yeah. a, a big piece of that is being able to share that with people so that they understand and not just necessarily um you know folks in recovery but their family members as well 
because a lot of times their their closest friends and their family members, the people that they love that want to help, really don't understand, and they may not be able to explain it to them. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're in a position where we can say, "Gosh, here, let me let me try and explain it from a different point of view." Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. to help them understand how better to help their loved one you know That's so if everybody's involved we're all helping each other and it becomes this big circuit of positivity really mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know and support and mm-hmm. so um you know it's it's hard to sit outside that circle and not be involved and feel like you're getting anything accomplished mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know um you bring up a good point there with the family member, uh, you know, a loved one who's very emotionally attached to the individual. And that can, while they're well-meaning, that can often be an obstacle. Whereas I, I think as a person in recovery, you can come at it from, hey, I want to be compassionate and I want to be supportive, but I'm not emotionally attached to this person the way the family member is and be able to bring your own lived experience to the table but still there's it's not the same that emotional attachment i see that as an obstacle many times in working with people where loved ones are involved they care so much that it becomes this this obstacle to actually supporting the person in recovery they see them when they're well and then they see them when they're not well and they don't really it's frustrating for them to know that they could be doing better and they're not and they don't mm-hmm. understand why mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and and so that that always helps to try and explain a little bit you know so they get it yeah jennifer how how about you uh what's your thoughts on that you know the why why me what would you what would you say somebody who says why why me right i think the why me is that when you do once you do get involved with a group it becomes super clear that everyone is bringing some similar talents but also something unique of themselves and so Mm -hmm. that can be what the why me like you Mm -hmm your own perspectives and your own talents and that can be super valuable in you know the larger community and mm-hmm. you may realize that until you actually start to get involved but part of the learning experience that everyone has in in being involved it's that you are giving your own perspective and you're learning the perspective of others and that just kind of helps everybody grow and find fresh ideas and ways to work together and so i think you know a lot of people just have a little bit of fear like i don't have necessarily anything to offer but that is absolutely not true everybody has something it might just take a little bit of time to recognize that or to bring that out great point great point for sure for sure we just don't know i mean you we really don't i i i i I guess for me i just can't stress that enough to somebody when it's you know what 
if I think about that question, if somebody asks, you know, why me? I, I would say, why not? Why not you? Why not? Because I had no idea where that ad in the local paper was going to take me. I had no idea, you know, uh, the, the opportunities and the, and the, oh, I mean, the, the challenges and the, the, the new pathways that I have been able to create for myself in my own life, in my own recovery. And then for that to, you know, lead me to a place where I can help other people. I had no idea that was not the ad I was responding to. Hey, run a nonprofit and, you know, train people in peer support. <laughs> that was not the ad. The ad was, you know, 10 hours a week, you know, in a, in a program here. And if, if, if you don't open the door, the opportunity door, you're never going to know what's on the other side of it. You're never going to know. And I think I agree with everything that, that the two of you have shared here. Your story is unique and somebody out there <clears throat> needs to hear it and you have no idea when they're going to hear it. Uh, right. This podcast, you know, will be out there and people from around the world can listen to it and not just tomorrow, but three months from now, somebody is sort of doing an internet search and comes across it and clicks on it and something you said, Jennifer, you know, inspires them, uh, gives them hope. That's so powerful. It's just so powerful. Yeah. All right. Well, um, we are going to wrap up today. I want to thank both of my guests. We've had a really good conversation about um, why me uh, being involved? What's the value um, as a person in recovery? Why should I be part of this recovery movement? I want to thank both my guests, Todd and Jennifer, for taking the time. And I definitely would like to have the two of you come back on and do uh, do some more podcasts. So uh, we should we should chat about that. That'd be so, great. Thank you. thank you for the invite. All yeah. right. Okay. Well, as the listener, thank you so much for tuning in, and please check out our other podcasts. We do these every single week, and we're always doing uh, having different guests and different topics and trying to keep it relevant to what's happening. If you have suggestions or you would like to be a guest on one of our podcasts, you can email me at jim at mtpeernetwork.org and let us know. If there's something you want us to talk about, let us know. We're, we're happy to do that. So thanks again. Bye-bye. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works. Recovery is possible. Recovery is possible. <laughs> recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery is possible.